So that was a little tribute to it being May the 4th. So May the 4th. <laughs> May the 4th. May the 4th I, I see we've got your intelligent brother online today. <laughs> I thought I would try a new look. Yeah. I think it's a substantial improvement. What do you think? I don't know. Why are you cross-eyed? <laughs> so it's anyway. Crafty's little, it's Crafty's little friend, Woody. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, no, I'm completely out of sorts because literally, I don't know, four minutes ago, I was desperately trying to get my cooling on so I can get to bed at a reasonable time tonight. Um, so thank you for, for, for waiting. <laughs> yeah, no, good job, Crafty. you got to get the most important things done. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, Aussie Craft Distillers shooting the shit, episode 50, Todd? One. One. 51. Um, and this is a big one because this one is our first um, start of weekly format, which is like, holy crap, what have we done? So we're going to be on, <laughs> well, we're not going to be on necessarily on every week because the plan is to have uh, guest presenters as well. So uh, to start with, it'll be like the title myself or, um, or Lukey. Um, but tonight, unfortunately, our guest presenter went sick, and our second guest presenter went sick. And what happened to our third guest presenter, Todd? Apparently, his um, company's turning sick, so he's having a big party. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's different. <laughs> anyway, so tonight, tonight we have Lee Flowerchief. Oh, I love that. Love that flower chief Lee oh, <laughs> from Jingle Bells. Yes, yes. Wow. Well, I'll have you sit the ceiling, Co. That's it. Yep. So, how are you going, Nelly? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. It's um, we're in the middle of finger lime season, so um, yeah, we finished. I, I live on a finger lime farm, so um, there's a lot of work here to do, and yeah, we finished picking the pink ones a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the green ones are just starting. So probably next week, we're gonna yeah have to <laughs> get the crew out from the from the distillery and the factory, and we'll all muck in and pick a couple of tons of green finger limes. So it's a little bit like wine. It's a little bit like yeah. wine. Yeah, you have vintages, and and you've got a it's all hands on deck yeah. at, at that particular time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when when they come on, so especially the pink ones, like the the pink finger limes, um, they they all ripen at once. Um, wow. So I've got um, I've got about sixteen hundred mature trees here on the farm. Um, yep. They're about uh, about between twelve and thirteen years old. They've been planted, um, and then there's another three hundred or so, three fifty. Um, which I just just got delivery of, and some of them have been planted, and others are just acclimatizing. But yeah, the the pink finger limes, they're the ones we finished mm -hmm. them last couple of weeks ago. Wow. Um, and then uh, the green ones. The, well, that's what you picked just just before you get, went out to Epic, wasn't it? Lee? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, Ike in the Valley, the pink ones were, were just just starting, and and they all come on like a like a train wreck. You know, it's it's like they're they're not ready one week, and then the next day you look at them and they're 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 dropping. So we've we've got to get all hands that get them off, um, process them all, put them into the uh, the steel strength gin and the the special system, and um, and then forget about them for nine months or so, and then. We've got a little couple of weeks now, and then the green ones start. So, um, yeah, they they'll harvest over the next two months or so. They're a bit more, kind of, you know, a bit slower. They're not, they don't all ripen at once like the pink ones do. So it's a little bit more time. <laughs> right, I must say, epic. That was honestly the first time I had tasted uh, finger limes uh, and finger lime gin, for that matter. Um, but finger limes yeah. and. That, they're incredible. Just little, just pops of of, of juice and energy and flavor. <laughs> they're, they're very refreshing. Yeah. Anyway, before we go on, let's. Um, we always have a drink to start with, um, and so I'll kick it off and and show you what I'm going to have. And so what I'm going to have because I feel like I feel like a whiskey and coke. That's what I feel like a whiskey and coke. But I'm going to do it a little bit differently. So what I'm doing is Riverborne peated whiskey. So Marty Pie, Riverborne, good friend, mentor, et cetera, et cetera. I think anyone who watches the show knows the relationship with Marty and us. And yes. this is his 100% Scottish barley peated whiskey. So a little bit of that, a little bit of that in there. That's about right. And But I'm not going to use Coke because nah, it's not Coke time. It's long rays soda, dark soda. So yeah. I'm going to have one of those. And, uh-oh. Oh, that'd be right. You want to twist Use it. it. <laughs> Use your teeth. Yeah, long rays, uh, they make some, some awesome products. I think they've been oh, yeah. sponsoring uh, the, the gin paloozas lately. So we've been using their stuff at the shows. So... Now, because I'm running Just in case you didn't know, that's how you open a bottle of long race. Ah. <laughs> uh, you can do it in slow I'm, motion. Because I'm running around like a blue-ass fly, um, and, and for those of anyone who's watching overseas, that means you're just running around. I don't have any ice. <laughs> so the next best thing is a zooper-duper. <laughs> okay, if you're from overseas, that's frozen water. So that's a that's a Cavity cocktail, people. That's a um, that's a Riverborn supremacy. Sorry, Marty, I know it's insulting. <laughs> and a long raise. Uh, beyond insulting. Don't worry, Crafty. I'm I'm sure he's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> or crying, one of the two. So what are you so drinking? Me, what would you be drinking? Uh, well, tonight I. Where is it? Um, I'm actually. Enjoying some of your stuff, Crafty. Oh wow! A little bit of your Capity Gin, your collab yep. with uh, with Carew, and um, yeah, yep. enjoying that. And I've put some um, some finger lime in there, fresh the fresh pink ones. So yeah, you can see them floating around in there. And uh, yeah, it's a great gin, mate. I, I really enjoy this one. Look, I got It's uh, uh, full credit to Carew, mate. Um, you know, I, uh, Nick and Ellie were here, and I said I needed a gin, 
Uh, Nick wandered around and he goes, well, you got Rosemary. I went, well, that's a good start. So, um, yeah, then we, we started playing around individual distillations, getting our head around it. Then we got lemons and limes from the Cape of Valley, wattle seed, and you know, a plethora of other uh, botanicals. When we put it together, it was about the fifth iteration, I think, from memory, um, and made 40 bottles and put it at cellar door to just road test it and get feedback. And wham, they just sold. So yeah. we haven't really deviated from that at all. Yeah. No, it's a great gin, and, and you know, I can really, I, I can taste the the spirit of Karoo in there as well. So, you know, I can Absolutely. I can taste the the links through to to their lightning and their affinity gin. So, yeah, it's a it's a great gin. Yeah, cool. All right, and what do you got, there, Todd? What's in your glass? I have. Well, <laughs> um, what is this one, Lee? Uh, I don't know. Little, oh, it's got floaties. It's, got floaties it. it's a really nice gin, as you can see. We've sort of smashed it a little bit, but yeah. Really Full disclosure: Where'd you get it from? From Lee. Yes. Yeah. That was a, uh, a a token of appreciation, you know, to you guys for um, for everything you do on on shooting the ship. You know, it, it, I know it must be a, a hell of a lot of work that goes into it, and. Um, at Epic, I, I gave you each a bottle and uh, not to come on the show because I don't normally like to talk, but uh, just to, to say thanks. And, yeah, hope you enjoy it. It's uh, I grow everything here on the farm. So, yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's, mate, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, I love it. It's a great gin. Um, it's not a gin I give to everyone because I keep it for myself. My bottle, <laughs> my bottle lives in, in, in the shed at the distillery. Um Let's go right back. I always like to go right back to pre-distillery. So go back to where that was the genesis of, of the idea that I wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I, look, Crafty, I, I told you before, mate, I'm probably the only person you'll ever talk to who's a distiller who never wanted to make gin. So a <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> bit, bit of an unusual Thing there but but it, it's it's true i mean i uh i i finished up at, at uni and you know i grew up my parents loved the bush and and plants so traveling around in the outback a lot had a lot of spent a lot of time with aboriginal people and um you know i i finished uni and started a business where i was in tourism and um yeah i made a tour where we went through the Blue Mountains, Bells Liner Road, you know, the, the northern side, the wild side, and um, and did a little tour with a few little walks to waterfalls and the cliff tops and things. And, uh, you know, all the foods during the day were Australian native foods, um, yeah. you know, featuring something that was, was native, you know, what we now call botanicals. Uh, but in those days, it wasn't as trendy as it was now, and nobody really knew much about it apart from our uh, Indigenous people. Um, and and that tour was a, a crazy success. You know, in a few months, we had Getaway and Great Outdoors and everyone on there. And, um, yeah, I couldn't make the... I couldn't, sorry, I couldn't buy the things that I wanted to use on the tour, so I had to make them. And um, so, you know, there I was making jam and 
spices and seasoning mixes and all kinds of things um, to all, all hours in the morning. And uh, I was working with the the hibiscus flower because I just loved the the shape and the colour of it. You know, it looks like a little crown, and wanted to to serve it as it was, you know, naturally rather than turn it into a jam or a tea or some other thing. Um, and um, yeah, so we were we were doing that as a, a a thing, you know, just to try the flower and and taste it, and then one night. Um, yeah, that's the, the, the flowers that we grow now on our plantations. Uh, one night we were all pretty drunk having a dinner party here at my place and uh, the little flower ended up dropped in champagne and uh, the flower kind of sunk down and then slowly opened up in the, in the bubbly. And we were all, you know, pretty pissed and it's like, <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. And uh, so I did it again and it did the same thing. The flower kind of opened up, all the bubbles streaming off it. And um, so I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll try that on the tour, you know, next week. And, um, and everyone on the tour loved it. They went mad for it. So um, that, you know, after, after a year, people had come on the tour, you know, they'd spend 80 bucks to go on the tour. But at the end of the tour, they wanted to buy everything. And I was mm. just like, fuck, I don't want to sell this stuff, you know, it. It's so hard to make. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a jam maker. You know, I, I, I'm a tour, you know, I think I run a tour company and I don't want to be a jam seller and a jam maker. And, you know, so I, I just put a price on it, which I thought people wouldn't pay and, and, and to reflect the cost of the ingredients, which is enormous. And um, people went crazy for it. So, you know, people had spent a hundred bucks at the end of the tour buying everything to take home and, then a few months later, at Christmas, they'd turn up. At that stage, I had a little office in a train carriage up at up at uh, Bilpin. Yeah. You'll probably see it when you're driving up to the distillery crafty on the right-hand side, and uh, that was my office. Yeah, 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 it yeah, caught on fire in the 2019 fires, but um, they're, they're restoring it. Um, and people would turn up, and they'd buy another $100 of stuff. And I'm just like, well, what's going on here? And during that whole experience now I, I realized i was actually more passionate about the food and and the botanicals and the native ingredients and so yeah i i, I shut the tour company down and i just focused on the food and um i invented the hibiscus flowers in syrup and these little guys people have probably seen them around the place this one's in a french label so it's entirely french language but i'm sure right. people recognize the jar yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that just took off. So that, that started the whole journey for me. Um, yeah, we've, we've exported them uh, to 57 countries. And, um, yeah, we used to grow them here in Australia. I had about uh, 25, 30 farmers and grew them here in the Hawkesbury as well. But the season was always, you know, two months of the year, three months, four months. And we had to get all the flowers for the whole year's production in those couple of months and um, couldn't do that. So then I'm like, all right, well, let's look at when these things flower and where's the opposite season. So, yeah, I ended up building a plantation system in Malaysia. Um, oh. That was the, the opposite season and uh, and growing the flowers there. And, yeah, things just grew. That's, and That's all these, Lee. Yeah, so then, yeah, I, I built another factory in Thailand because Malaysia oh, couldn't keep up. 
and that's our hibiscus flowers in in Malaysia. So that's that's like a week ago. Um, yeah, we we've in Malaysia. I've probably got about I don't know seventy five, eighty farmers that grow for me, and then in Thailand, there's probably about another sixty that grow the the butterfly pea flowers. So yeah, we even though I it's not my farms, I built them a factory where we process it and kind of gave it to them and. Uh, all kind of under handshake agreements, and um, yeah, that's that's how we we grow all the flowers that I work with. But mm. uh, yeah, that's how Wild Hibiscus Flower Company started. And um, along the way, Courageong Native Foods—that's the original business—that still keeps going. And um, yeah, we do a lot of work with very unusual uh, plants and uh, spices, bark, seeds, all kinds of different things. Yeah, so. That's a bit of a bit of the story. <laughs> wow, that's 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 uh, that's a very unique story because, as you said, you started as a your own tour company, and then this is a massive change in direction. And then from there, you went yeah. into distilling. Yeah, so from there, I went into distilling. Um, distilling, I, I think I started working on that in two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. Um, and um, you know, I was, I was, I'd always, I'd, well, I'm working with the flowers. You know, I, I found a, a blue flower growing in my hibiscus plantations in Thailand, which is butterfly pea, which everyone knows now. But at that stage, outside of Thailand, no one really knew what it was. And um, and I, you know, I found the the flower growing in the plantation and I said to my my business partner there Kung Kong I said you know what what's this little blue flower and he said oh that's dog anchan you know that's we make the the drink out of it and I'm like yeah but the drink's purple or pink it's it's not blue but the flower's blue and he's like oh yeah well, it's you know it's the same color for them they don't guys don't see the the difference in colors between a, a, a rich blue and a purple right um and um, yeah, so but it changes color when you add the lemon juice. So uh, I just saw the instant appeal of that to um, to cocktails because you know I've worked in the cocktail industry for the last for what is it twenty four years now I think. Um, and um, yeah, so we started working with that, and um, yeah, I, I saw how that color change thing. You know, that's what cocktail bars want. They want. Uh, they want magic you know they want something that is unique they want some magic they want it to be natural and um, that kind of led me into working with alcohol a little bit but um, yeah so um, I, I came up with uh, Jingle Bells uh, working with a, another distiller local guy and um, you know I, I didn't want to make the gin but I was trying to help out you know sell less um, less alcohol for more money for, for the distiller um, to, to help them out and then also do a, do a branding kind of thing. And, um, yeah, came up with the, uh, the Jingle Bells, which are a little bit of fun, you know. It's six little baubles of, uh, of goodness for your Christmas tree. So, <laughs> um, but I, I didn't want to make the gin. I just had the experience with the botanicals and with the flowers and, you know, the different colours and the different uh, things that could, could make it different and make it appeal to people. So, yeah. 
yeah, that's how I kind of ended up into the the alcohol game, I guess. <laughs> so, so how did how did you how did you learn about um, well, making gin? I mean, uh, to me, gin is very akin to cooking. It, it's, yep. it's ingredients, it's balance, um, and compared to whiskey, it's it's a quite a different animal, and the skill set I think is quite different as well. So where did, where did you learn your learn your craft? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, um, I, I'd always been interested in in alcohol, but um, yeah, I learned. To be honest, I pretty much taught myself most about the the tasting stuff, right. um, and I've always done very difficult technical things with flowers and, and florals and stuff. Um, and right when I was, you know, I, I, was, I had a, another distillery making the gin for me and that was all fine for Jingle Bells. Um, and it was, you know, starting with just the dry gin and then the concept of, of the, the Jingle Bells was to, to have different coloured um, baubles um, and different flavoured from that, that base gin um, yep. which you could tie on your Christmas tree and, and have a bit of fun with it. And that, that all works well. So that, that's the hibiscus one, for example. It's got the oh, little wow. hibiscus flower in there. Um, yeah, so they, they were making the gin, but then, you know, there was one thing led to another and they sold the distillery and, you know, turned into a bit of a disaster and an English company bought it and uh, next okay. thing you know... <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a complex story and it's a terrible story. But I ended up after launching Jingle Bells and, you know, putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into into trying to help and making a, a little brand, I ended up with a distiller that was locked out of their distillery and, you know, I, I'm like, well, what do I do now? You know, do I start the whole process again? And just at that time... Um, a fella called Dave Bridger, who's a, he's actually a distillation engineer. Uh, he used to, to be one of the, the senior engineers in the Clyde refinery. He contacted me and he's like, hey, Lee, what are you doing? You know, did you want to make some gin? And I'm like, oh, Dave, you've just, you know, it was like, it was like an angel fell out of the sky. <laughs> and because uh, and, I, I didn't want to make gin, you know, I just wanted to... To do what I was doing, I'm already busy with with my other business and uh, and the farm and everything. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm like, oh well, I was thinking about it. So why don't we have a talk? And yeah, in the end, we decided, all right, well, let's do this. We'll we'll make the gin for Jingle Bells because you know Christmas was coming up, mm. and um, and Jingle Bells were were a good success in that first that first launch. And I wasn't giving my money to the new owners of that distillery in England, so I had to do something new. And um, yeah, so we we had a lot of discussions about which type of distilling to do. And you know, I'm a scientist; uh, that's my background. And um, and Dave's an engineer and a scientist. So we put our brains together and we we designed the stills, and then we started uh, putting it together. And um, and yeah, started started making uh, gin for Jingle Bells. <laughs> so that that was the very start. And Dave's, you know, he's he's one of the few distillation engineers in Australia. So um, there's, there's not a lot of people with his level of experience. Mm. 
The thing that really fascinates me about the Australian craft spirit scene, uh, and I put myself in that category of people come from many, many different streams. You know, you, you've got people that have come from a scientific background, some that come from a marketing background, some that come from mm. brewers, winemakers, um, just people in business. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. There's no sort of corridor that everyone goes down to become a, a, an Australian distiller, do they? No, no, there's not. No, there's not. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that, you know, they dream and, 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 and that's what they really want to do. Other people, you know, get investors and all these kinds of things. But, um, but yeah, so I already ran a, a food factory, you know, so we're, we're very used. We've, we've got a, a live steam boiler and all those kind of things. So um, to, to start using um, electricity to heat things was a, a different thing for me, but um, that was the way we went. I, I'd always prefer to use live steam because I love it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we ended up working out a system and, um, and our, we, we pulled in bits and pieces from different companies, you know, from China, from America, from local suppliers, and, um, and we, we built our own system based on what we wanted to do. And, and the main thing was control and being able to replicate the same thing um, again and again because that makes your job easy, I guess. In some ways, yeah. So we we just do a pure vapor dist, uh, distillation. We don't uh, put anything in the pot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you for those who are watching, maybe not now, but in the future on YouTube and that, can you go through from your your perspective the benefits of vapor infusion as opposed to steeping <laughs> or um, throwing it in the pot? Yeah. Or combination. Well. Look, crafty to be honest, I, I run food factories. So, um, you know, my initial approach, I'm and, I, and I'm a scientist, so I understand the physics and chemistry of what's going on in distillation. That's pretty much all it is. There is a bit of craft to it, but that's in the finer details, you know, in, in your taste, your aromas and your, your mouthfeel. Yep. Um, so um, distillation is not that different to what I do in 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 the other other products that i make it's just uh a bit more technical and vapor infusion so we we don't put anything in the pot so um everything all our infusion all our flavor all our aroma comes through the vapor stream so once it's evaporated out of your your pot we just use a pure lambic process and yeah we run it through the botanicals but we we the only dried botanical we use um, would be the juniper, um, the coriander seed, and um, the vanilla. So um, everything else is fresh, and we we grow it on the farm. Yep. Uh, apart from well, cardi bombs, so cardi bombs, we don't. That's dried as well. But um, so we we in vapor infusion, you know, your your botanicals are suspended in the vapor flow. And that creates a lot of problems because, you know, like any liquid, any any gas, it's lazy. So it'll always take take the the least the path of least resistance. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so and what what that means is you end up with channeling through your botanicals. So 
an easy way to get past that is to throw it in your pot or macerate or whatever. And you know, when it's in liquid, it's in it's in it's surrounded by the medium. Um, but with vapor, it's not that simple. So you've got to things can channel through and bypass your your botanicals and not pick up what you want. Um, so it you know it may be more inefficient, but I look at it as you know the pot is the pot, and we've got our elements in there as well. We don't want to have our head in there, you know, cleaning the bloody thing out all the time <laughs> as a whiskey <laughs> distiller. I don't need to explain that to you guys. No, no. <laughs> cleaning. Did we mention yeah. cleaning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning. Cleaning's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, but vape, I think vapor distillation, as, distillation, as I've got more experience with distilling, I think, you know, it, it's probably one of the harder things to do to get the, it's a finer balance. Because yep. you haven't got an ability to pre-infuse everything and pre-soak and pre-dissolve. You know, ethanol's a great... Um, it, it's like a, a great solvent, you know, ethanol and water. Yeah. And if you heat them up, they'll pretty much dissolve anything. Or... Yeah. So would that mean, and I'm curious from a technical standpoint, the way you, 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 you pack it um, and you fill your basket... Um, is there, from your standpoint, is there a technique? Do you, do you pack the the dried elements on the inside? And, and the, yeah. the how do you avoid the channeling? channeling. Uh, yeah, the how channeling. do you avoid yeah, yeah. You minimize, yeah. minimize it because you doubt it. You can avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is where some of the craft before, comes it makes in. Makes more sense. This is where some of the craft comes in, I guess, because you know you've got to you've got to read your botanicals and and read your baskets. So. Like, I've got two stills. So I've got Lena. She's a she's my one hundred and twenty liter research still, and that's named right. after my my dear employee in China who I've worked with for twenty years. And then um, we've got Iris. So Iris is named after Dave's wife. It's her middle name, nice. and um, Iris means rainbow in Greek because she's of Greek heritage. So and we make rainbow colored gins. So. <laughs> So they're they're the two stills, but they're they're perfectly matched in terms of physical physics and chemistry. Yeah. So that, and I can run a twenty five liter or twenty two liter run through my little still, and then I can upscale that through my three hundred and eighty liter still. We've actually we we kind of we pimped it a bit a, a bit, and uh, our our three eighty liter still we normally run it at four hundred and twenty liters. Um, but we've got these enormous baskets that are probably so our botanical basket uh, for a three three hundred and eighty liter seal. Our our standard basket would probably be about six times oversize. Um, yeah. But then our main basket, our main basket is probably about eight to ten times oversize. Um, so we have these two enormous suspended baskets. In the vapor flow, yep, um, and and that's how we get all the flavor. I I just think when you're working with things like citrus and you know, the finger lime gin is it's a mega citrus gin. So um, citrus is best fresh, and if you dry something like citrus, you lose all those volatiles. You know, you you have right. to capture them fresh, yeah. and and 
you know, that's why I grow it here on the farm and, and it goes straight into distillation the same or next day from when it's picked. Um, but you need those enormous vapour infusion baskets to, <laughs> to, to get that, to get that flavour and stop the channelling. And normally we pack the basket with the juniper down the bottom. We've got other things, you know, like we've, I do a, I do a passion fruit gin as well. Um, I'll just, that's this one over here. So this is my, um, this is a, a, a snow chrysanthemum flower and passion fruit gin. So they're the little snow chrysanthemum flowers in there. So before Beautiful. I put those little flowers in there, this gin's actually clear. So when we bottle it, it's clear. And then yeah, right. there's, there's about eight flowers in there and they provide all the colour and all the flavour. Um, or not all the flavour, but the, the unique yeah, flavour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. um, so, so when... when yeah, it's sorry, quite a technical ahead. approach. It's it's very much a technical it is, approach, yeah. and, and it's not about just packing a basket, packing it hard, and throwing it in. You're no. really you're working the yeah you're working yeah. the scientific of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know sometimes crafty it comes down to using a special gasket made out of paper towel around the oh. bottom of our silicon, and then our nitrile rubber gaskets that all just you know, force that little bit of more vapour through through back in. As it tries to escape, we force it back in. So, you know, we've got like layers of seals and things and it'll, it'll force it back into the basket rather than channelling around. And at the end of every single distillation, we, we look at the basket and, you know, can go through all the botanicals, make sure they're extracted. I taste them, I chew on them, you know, spit them out, whatever. <laughs> And that, that's how we that's how we learn. That's the craft to it. That that was something when I when I first um, distilled with with Nick and Elliot Carew, um, mm. the experience about pulling out a basket after you, it, you, you've used the basket and the aromas, the the, mm. the bakery fresh bakery good aromas. <laughs> it, it, it was just it was just yum. And you go you, you go. I yeah. want to do something with this because. There's so much flavour here. What what can I do with it? That, do you do anything yeah. with your botanicals? Your spent Yeah, botanicals? we do. Yeah, yeah, the spent. So they're only spent. So there's a lot of – they're only spent in terms of gin. So – and because I yep. only do vapour infusion, there's still a lot of uh, – there's a lot of cool stuff still left in there. So only certain molecules will dissolve into, into ethanol. Um, yep. Most of your, or pretty much all your sugars, your proteins, you know, the polyphenols, they all stay in there or they go back in. And and our botanical baskets have a base on them, kind of, which kind of works like a thumper. So we, we don't return any condensate back to the pot because that would spoil the pot and we'd have to clean it. We keep it as a... Once the vapor comes out of the pot, that's it. It never goes back in. And and at the bottom of our baskets, we have like a thumper system, like they use on rum, rum stills, I guess. Right. Um, the Caribbean style stills, you'll see them. You know the second the, second pot. The pot will be out there, and then it'll have a thumper, and then a second thumper, or you know. And we have like that style on the bottom of our botanicals, so it'll actually condense down filter back through the botanicals and then it gets evaporated again. You know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, constantly cycling thing. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we, we do a lot of, 
unusual things, but it all comes down to, to physics and chemistry. You know, it's it's um it's just uh it's a it's I that's that's Dave and my approach. So Dave <laughs> Dave's a fanatic on efficiency. You know, because he used to run still where the column was as you know it's like six meters diameter. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and and Dave, you know, he came out of retirement, you know, to 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 help me with the distillery because you know he had the technical knowledge, I had the the know how, the the want to do it, the the products, the yep. you know I wanted to do so many different things that I couldn't do unless I had my own distillery, unless I had complete control of what we're doing, how we're doing it. You know, we needed to get these super high. You know, one of one of the the distillations we do you know it's coming out of the parrot at like 94 um abv and it is so loaded with flavor it's just insane um and you know i i couldn't do that with another distiller doing it for me i had to to take total control of of what we do and um yeah between dave and i um yeah we we work it out <laughs> wow I t tell you what, there's there's over a, what a thousand, supposedly a thousand craft gins on the market. Mm, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and I'd yeah. love to have all those gin distillers in the room right now having this conversation because it's absolutely fascinating. It's and gin mm. is fascinating. Uh, white spirits are fascinating in so many different ways. It's so so different to whiskey and rum and and brandy. It's Brown spirits versus white, they're, they're, they're totally different animals, aren't they? They really are. Absolutely, yeah. And and hats off, you know, like I've, I've been playing a bit lately with, with, you know, a bit of whiskey and, you know, with the bushfires, I, I had a, a local winery come to me that had some, some smoke-painted wine and they're like, yep. we, we didn't know about this and we actually bottled and now we've got the result that it's smoke painted. So in a few months, it's going to taste like crap. So we, we're going to throw it out. Can you do anything with it? And I'm like, well, I don't know anything about brandy, but we can run it through the steel and, and learn what we can and, and see what happens. And um, yeah, so we, we made some brandy and oh, crafty. I tell you, when that stuff came out of the steel, I was just like, what, a, what is this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Is this the smoke taint or is this just a beast from hell? Like the taste, and <laughs> especially the start, you know, the start is so volatile. It's like yeah. you, I've got a very sensitive palate and, and, you know, I nosed it and it nearly, like I nearly snapped my head off my neck. It was, <laughs> it was just like this thing launching out of the, out of the, out of the cup. You know, yep. and I'm just, what the hell is this? But you know what? We we did cuts out of it, and yep. and it's sat on wood now since oh, what early 2020, and uh, it's it tastes really good. And I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the winemaker came back, and and he's he's originally from Germany, and he's like, oh, uh, you know, let's let's try this, you know, and so I pulled a bit out, and I'm like, well, I tried it about three four months ago and i i was surprised you know i thought this thing was going to kill us but um <laughs> it actually tastes really good so yeah those, those uh yeah the dark the 
the darker spirits are, are definitely a craft that is very interesting and appealing to me. And yeah, hats off to you guys. <laughs> it, it reminds me of so what two years ago, Todd? I think it was. We yep. decided to distill honey, right? Mm. Uh, and we hooked up with uh, he's a good, good mate of mine now, and Todd's um, uh, Paul Mills, and. So we got barrel-aged mead, right? Barrel-aged mead. And we went, yeah, you know, this is – let's let's give it a go. So we did our research, and, and mm. Paul and I did quite a lot of research on it. You know, we we contacted the American uh, Honey Board because over in America, honey spirits, mainly vodka and, and flavouring, but it, it exists. Mm. So we did our yeah. research. We went, yep, yeah, this is cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we did it. Um, and <laughs> – one of the honeys, uh, I can't remember. It wasn't iron bark. It was what was it, Todd? It, it um, it's very, very earthy. Um, oh, what the like hell a was yellow it? box or something? It was one was yellow box, but the other one, it, it oh, it's like rosemary, but not rosemary. Um, oh, okay. what is it? Um, I can't remember. Anyway, so we, we distilled it, right? We distilled it. And um, we did the we did the low wines, and I'm going. <laughs> there's, there's sulfur, right? And I'm really yeah. dialed on sulfur, right? And uh, Paul and and I don't think you were there at the time, Todd. But but there was uh, a Rog, a local mate, and and they're going, what? What are you talking about? I can't smell a thing. And I'm going, no, there's definitely sulfur. And I thought, fuck, fuck, what's going on, right? Anyway. So we carried on. It was all good. Settled down, and then we did the um, did the spirit run, right? Still fired up. First up that came in, came off. Oh my god, the the fours was just loaded to the gunnels with sulfur, right? And yeah. Was like, wow. Holy crap! <laughs> what, what's going on? And they could smell it. We had we had to walk out the room. My yeah. first thing was I get on the phone to say, Peter Mitchell. It's like a fight bomb <laughs> in the in the shed there, crafty. Oh, yeah. mate. It was it was it was woeful. So I get on the phone to Peter Bickmore and I go, What the hell? A big sale at the cellar door that day. <laughs> but what I did is I went, okay, okay. Instead of doing cuts, I'll do micro cuts, right? Mm. So we did lots of micro cuts, right? And just in little walk into the shed and there's like 30 bloody <laughs> yeah, sounds like my place. <laughs> but the sulfur. So line them up, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right? And then the next day was was checking them, and the sulfur blew off most yeah. of it, right? There was, there was a few that didn't uh, at the start of the run, and, yeah, that was definitely paused and put that away for the future. Um, and we got it. But it was – we believe it was the honey, and it was not the rosemary, but uh, – no, not myrtle. It's driving me nuts. But we believe it was the um, – Effectively, the botanicals of the, of the yeah. honey that were coming okay. through because we, we we did it subsequently with the iron bark and we didn't get the same result at all. No mm. sulfur. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. It is. It and, is. And and that's the thing. That's what I love about distilling. You know, like you you can distill something and it's all about you know the molecules that come out first. The the volatiles. You know, it's I. I Planted people, it's like they leap out of whatever you've done, and uh, those are the ones you normally don't want in there. 
but uh, same when, you know, the main one of the main gins we make is um, using the kaffir lime that I grow here on the tree, and that's beautiful. The kaffir, yeah. you can see the size of the kaffir yeah, lime. It's huge. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> that's not so, that's yeah. not your Woolies kaffir lime, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, these babies get these babies get spoiled rotten. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> look at those they get like attention twice a day at certain times of the year, sometimes three times a day. And yeah, we we pump every tree is making like 20 kilos of leaves every year. And yeah. um, but though the volatiles in Kaffir Lime, you know, they come out at the start of your run, it, it all yeah. kind of jumps out of there. And you know, in in your first ten layers, it's almost gone after that. You know, it's um, but yeah, some of your your nasty stuff comes out at the start as well. You just gotta gotta capture that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a sorry, you go. you go. No, you go, mate. You go. Oh, I was gonna say I'm a I'm a distiller that um, you know, I really appreciate distilling from scratch, and I've done it, and I want to do that more in future. But for gin, I'm I'm a bit of an old school. You know, I use Manildra's uh, wheat base. I, I prefer a wheat base for gin because it's yep. it really neutral. Yep. Um, I'm I'm very sensitive. I can taste the difference between a gin made from um, made from cane and made from grape, uh, yep. and especially made from potatoes, things like that. I I and you know my perspective is that as I, I look at the you know your base alcohol as as like your canvas and. Uh, and I paint over the top of that. Um, I, I can make my own alcohol, but I cannot make it better than what Manildra does. You know, it's perfect. And I've I've had it tested independently as well, you know, and, yeah, there's nothing in there. It's just uh, it really is a, a, an ENA, extra neutral alcohol. That's a, it's a really interesting topic yeah, in, in the right now, right? And Yeah. The impression I get personally is a lot of consumers have got it wrong. They, in the sense that they mm. they think because Australian distillers are buying a neutral spirit, whether it's cane, grape, or or um, I always get this wrong, cane, grape, or grain. Um, they think you're, you're cheating, but it's it's not cheating at all. It's it's your you you need you need a a, a canvas as you describe it, and. Mm. You know, cane has a certain texture, right? It does. Certain profile, oily. and so does um, a grain. They all do. So, yeah. from a consumer standpoint, if they if they focus, my again, my opinion only. If they focus on, oh, they're not they're not making it themselves. They they are. All the magic is in the botanicals. It's in the recipe, and it's how the gin mm. is crafted. The base spirit is the is the is the canvas. To paint on, yeah. as you said, yeah, mate, that is, yeah, yeah. I've, I've no, and that's the way I look at it. And 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 again, it depends on what canvas you you know you're painting. But um, this little baby ain't no normal gin, so um, you know it's there's there's so much work that went into this product that um the <laughs> it's uh yeah that's that's my masterpiece. I've painted that over Manildra's ENA. <laughs> and I'm very proud of it. And you know, I, I also I understand the, the Puritan stance on it. 
Yep. Um, Because I felt like I was cheating, but also it depends how technical your gin is and what you do with it is. You know, this takes me, this takes me 18 months to make. It takes me nine months to grow the finger limes. Um, And, you know, we're just about to start picking the green ones now. Um, This is the one we use for the finger lime gin. And, um, yeah, they're, they're bloody huge. Like you'll never find bigger, better, healthier finger lines. But um, you know, like every, when you when you in this gin, the the caviar actually contains forty percent alcohol gin. Yeah. So, and and that gin that's in there, when so when you bite them, they pop. You're getting a little burst of forty percent alcohol gin, but that's different to the gin that they're suspended in. So, yeah, I'm about to have I, one. <laughs> I'm about to have one myself. Yeah, yeah give it a shake. Awesome. Yeah, it's it is such a unique animal, mate. It really is, and it is. A, yeah, it's a flavor bomb. Absolutely concentrate flavor bomb. My my only yeah. problem is I'm, I'm drinking it tonight with this is all I've got, unfortunately. So, uh, crafty, don't apologize, yep. mate. I actually designed this gin to go with that tonic. Oh, really? So, yeah, I'm not any kind of tonic snob. So, yeah, if anyone asks me then yeah. that is the tonic to serve it with. It's just the good old Schweppes Indian tonic. You can get it on any corner, or any servo. Yep. Yeah. And it's quite tasty with Schweppes as well, I must say. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I just, I like, I like different tonics. And, yeah, I do like Schweppes at, at times. Um, but I just find it, it's, a, it's a monster of a tonic. Um, and, you know, some gins are delicate and they, they, they just get, wiped out by the tonic but yeah. yours is yeah yours yours is a it's a v8 mate it's a v8 on flavors yeah. it's oh, got, a lot of, got a lot of oomph in there <laughs> yeah and yeah so that that's the uh that's the the little darling the finger line and you know i i like i said before i didn't um i when i made the jingle bells you know the jingle bells the 50 gram 50 mil sorry little finger line bauble, that's fine. Yeah. And that's a that's a gin and tonic, you know, 50 mil. And uh, the the caviar didn't need to to float in the bauble because you pull the whole thing in there and you you know you're on your way. Yeah. But um, people after they bought that the first time were begging and pleading for a big bottle of it. Um, so yeah, I, then I had the problem, you know, if you put finger limes into a gin, they just sink to the bottom. Um, so I had to work out, well, how do we how do we get an even pour so that from the very neck to the last pour, you get the same amount of caviar per gin and tonic, which is about 60 caviars. Um, yeah, so that, that was my problem. How do, <laughs> how do I do that and, uh, and make it work? So you science the fuck out of it. It's fine to fuck out of me. <laughs> where, can, where can people purchase your 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 um, spirit? Ah, uh, well, you can get it online or wherever. Um, Jingle Sorry. bells gin. Uh, we're in. I don't know about thirty or so Dan Murphys and probably another fifty or so bottle shops around the place. But um, yeah, we. We um, we mostly focus on selling direct. I mean, the bottle shops do really well out of it, um, despite the fact that it's one hundred and fifty dollars a bottle. Um, it is seven hundred and fifty mil, so 
you know, if you're comparing other craft spirits, it's it's on par with a 500 mil that's 90, 100 bucks. And the amount of work that goes into this. Sorry, my uh, my Kelpies are just going out to chase something. <laughs> and and you, you were kind enough to um, give all of our listeners a special treat for tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a discount code. So if you use the, use the code CRAFTY at checkout, then that'll give you a 10% discount. <laughs> yeah. And that, that covers all, all the other things, you know, we do, we have online as well. So, um, you know, there's, there's all the different gins. And if you do a, a case buy, then, you know, we do a buy five, get one free. So, you know, we, we do, that's how we kind of reward people who, who really love our stuff. It's like, well, if you buy five bottles, we'll give you one free. And about a third of our bottles go out as case buys. So that's a, $750 buy so people really love it it's a yeah. it's a great gin I think it's, but it's different it's different it's a very different story and I'd love to hear your take on so it's been gin 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 for quite some time right mm. and a fairly recent it's gin 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 gin's taking a nosedive um, okay. follow trends of what's happening in the UK and now what's happening in Australia. Absolutely, there's a slowdown. Of course, we've got the added complications. The economy is is getting strangled, as we all know, right? Mm. And so we're in the we're in the business of luxury goods. Whether we like to say it or not, it's true. We're in the business of luxury goods. And so the purse strings are tightening up so people aren't spending so much. And mm -hmm. there's ways... The waves after waves of new distillers coming in, and, and yeah, and I noticed, I noticed at the Australian Craft Distillers Association, I was talking to numerous new distillers and going, mm. "So what's what's your story?" And they go, "Well, we're going to make this really great gin as like for vodka." <laughs> and they go, "Cool, well, how are you going to do it?" Oh, yeah, we, we're doing this, 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 and I go, "How are you going to sell it?" Right, and. I always say, because someone told me right at the start, to make the stuff is one thing, to sell it is another thing altogether, right? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And But, but I hear stories like, oh, no, it'll be good so we can sell it on, on the internet or on our website or, um, mm. no, it'll be good, we'll have a seller door, we'll just sell everything through our seller door. It's really scary because there's people investing some serious, serious money in their dreams mm. and the gin the gin boom is over right um it's, it's still absolutely there's still a demand for gin and that'll continue but the, mm. it's not like that anymore it, it's 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 more matured in the, in the market right rum's yeah. on the rise brown spirit uh whiskey sort of hovers like that uh vodka don't know what the hell vodka's doing um but it's <laughs> Tequila, or sorry, agave spirit is oof, that's that's up there as well. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that are going straight into gin, and they and they're going, "This is what I want to do, and I don't want to do anything." Helps. Yep. And he's... I really hope he hasn't dropped off for the night, but it's, he's definitely. <laughs> he's got that that special look on his face again. But anyway. Well, there's there's no steam coming out. Oh, from sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. Speaking of that, since you're frozen, what's your oh, we were just 
It's all right, mate. We were just making. No. Oh, he came in when I said the steam coming out. Crafty, he came in at the end of a joke. It's all right, mate. Pull your pants up. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's all good. It's all good. 68. It's all good. Don't worry about it. 68, that's fine. It's all yeah. good. Um, yeah, so going back to Jen. Um, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, it's an industry, not an industry, it's a segment that's changed massively mm. in a short period of time. Yeah. What's your take on the whole scene? Look, I I would I would not like I said I never wanted to make gin. I would never make a standard clear I'm sorry, I'm not being offensive, but like a normal no. gin. That's not no, what I do. Yeah. It's not my strength. I live on a farm. I have farms in Malaysia in Thailand, so I make products that are unique that other people can try and make but it's not they don't have the whole story um i mean my sales this year online like through our website they're they're almost double the same period last year so yes i i understand what you're saying and i'm hearing that from other distillers they're hurting i've been through downturns before you know i've been in business now by myself, no investors, just to be very clear, it's me and my two brothers that run my company and yep. I have no loans, no debt, no investors, no nothing. Everything we started, you know, I started making jam on my mother's uh, lighthouse fuel stove. You know, those old fuel stoves yeah. that burnt wood, the, the lighthouse on the little cast iron door you open, that's how I started my business. So don't ever take me wrong. I have, I have bootstrapped forever and i know how to do it um but at the same time you know if you make a product that is unique and that really hits a string with people and you're you're honest and it's you know there's, there's nothing else like it just like hibiscus flowers then you know you'll get through it um i've i've been through all kinds of downturns crafty you know <laughs> it's um it's a there is a there's an influx of a lot of people who are gonna get taught a very stern lesson, yeah, and so are their investors. Uh, yeah. They're trying to sell a gin, and but what they're trying to do is, well, you know, we've got a venue, yeah, that can work to a certain extent, but no one's going to sell it for you. You can sell it in your in your venue and in your markets and in your this and your that where you're personally there as much as you want, but there's only so many of you. And, uh, yeah, when it comes to, to broader distribution, uh, that's a whole different piece. It's a whole different business. It's an entirely different game. And, um, yeah, it, it, I think, yeah, I don't know if there'll be a lot of skills on the market in a few years that uh, they'll probably struggle through. Um, especially with the uh, the three hundred and fifty thousand dollar rebate, you know, which no one talks about, but uh, that is a massive incentive to to become a distiller. It wasn't my incentive, but it definitely that's the biggest uh, you know handshake you could ever have. Look, my my take on that is the three fifty is a double edged sword. It's yeah, oh, it's absolutely helped us. It's, it's enabled us to employ part-time people to do markets, to push out, to in, in, increase our reach. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. 
perfect. The flip, on, yeah. the flip on it is you've got people coming into the industry and going, hey, I can do this. I can set up a, a backyard still in the back of a pub and mm. I can claim the 350 and I can actually just buy in a thousand odd litres or more you know, neutral spirit uh, and run yeah. it through and claim it all. Which is just whoa! You, this is not what it's about. This is not what it's about. This was about no. the ATO created it, my understanding, to create opportunity to grow businesses, to to uh, employ people, to to you know, stimulate yeah. the, the sector. Absolutely, it, it's yeah. actually a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It and and it really helps, especially regional distilleries. Because it gives you that breathing space to be able to go, all right, well, you know, I will employ that extra person who's going to yep. cost me, you know, higher than I'm willing to pay to, yep. to, to push the limit, to see what we can do, to get the, you know, the marketing out there. I can yep. employ someone extra. And that is exactly, it's designed to give Australian distillers a, a bit of breathing space. And, yep. and it, it really is a... You know, no one talks about it, but it is a beautiful thing. I've worked in food business. I, you know, I earn Australia millions of dollars every year in export, you know, export dollars coming in um, to the country. I have never had a cent of government help for anything until I became a distiller. So you know, some people whinge about, oh, we're not getting anything. And yeah, it's true. The, the, the excise tax is horrendous, but go and work in the food industry if you want to see how really tough it is, you know, with yeah. two customers, Coles and Woolworths. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You think dealing you don't with... You're on the bottom shelf and then you're out the door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you think dealing with uh, with Coles Liquor and Endeavour is difficult? You know, at least in liquor, there's other options in Australia. In food distribution, there's none. No. So, um yeah, for me, distillation is great. And that is a wonderful thing introduced by the Liberals and, and Josh Frydenberg. Like that that really, uh, it's not talked about enough and it's not recognised, but it, it is a wonderful scheme that allows, it gives people breathing space um, and it allows them to try and get on their feet. But as you say, I totally agree as well. It gives all the charlatans a chance to come in and, you know, oh, well, we don't have to pay this. The other problem is people who struggle, they pass that discount on to their consumer. That is not what it's designed for. It is designed to employ and generate income and business and to help you get on your feet. So do not go, oh, I don't have to pay $25 excise per bottle. Let's just yep. discount the fucker for $25. That's, yep. that, that's not business. That's that is a eating. Yeah, that's, that's a hiding. Eating that's, a, that's a hiding. That you're on the road of of you're hiding to nowhere. That one exactly. Yeah. And look, you yeah. you hear that story. Um, I I hear that story quite a bit. You know, um, we're mm. oopsie. <laughs> Where was he going with that? Hear that story? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what happens yeah. when they roll back the um the excise? Yeah, you're getting this excise relief. I want this excise relief. Yeah. And then small distillers <laughs> fighting, you know, fighting to survive, go, okay, okay, well, I don't have to pay it. So therefore I'll take it off my price. Right? Yeah. Effectively lowering my raw material, lowering my, my cost structure. Wrong. Wrong. It, who's competing who's, on price? Yeah. Who's competing to say the excise is going to change in a, in a year, two years, three years? Who's to say that we're, we're going to lose it completely? Who's to say it's yeah. going to double? 
No one knows. The only thing we know right now is we're about to shatter the $100 a litre allow on Absolutely. excise tax. And yeah. it is it is going to continue, um, and we it's cannot get down back in our price. And it's going to go up. It's going to go up in another enormous amount because I've I've been watching the you know the the CPI and you know we might yeah, be looking at another we might be looking at another six or seven percent. That is a lot. That takes it not over a hundred, but a lot over a hundred. Yeah. And you know this this is what we do. The the rebate, if they really want to take it seriously, it needs to be indexed to the CPI exactly the same as how the you know the the excise rate is. That that is completely unfair. That should be because every every time they index that every six months, they're yeah. taking away, they're reducing. So Labor needs to step in and say, Hey guys, yeah, we we've heard you, we understand this initiative we're going to continue it we're going to support you aussie distillers who are employing a lot of people um and and doing it tough you know we can't compete you know um like when i i was shocked in distilling when i when i first found that blue flower growing on my flower farms in thailand my hibiscus flower farm so i i presented a color change so a blue vodka and a blue gin to one of the top independent distillers in australia uh not distillers, sorry independent um premium liquor distributors right um and i and i said to them look you know we can make a color change it's a blue vodka a blue gin here they are and all you need to do is add a shot of lemon juice or lime juice which is in every single cocktail in every single bar in the country and the fucker will change to pink and purple and that that distributor told me that that was, and they said, you know, they said it was, yeah, that's, that's cool. It looks amazing. It's, you know, that's wow. I've never seen anything like it. But they also told me, and they said, well, what's it going to cost to do this? And I said, well, you know, it'll probably be, you know, two or three, maybe $4 a bottle to make it blue on the shelf. And then it'll change color. And they actually told me that was stupid because uh, they can bring in a 700 mil bottle for about $2. And I was just like, I was shocked. Like, first of all, color change vodka, color change gin is stupid. So this was about two to two and a half years before Ink Gin launched. And I said to them, look, if you don't do it, that's okay, but someone else is going to do it and they're going to make a hell of a lot of money. So, yeah, that, that showed me the costs that go on in imported spirits before excise, you know, $2. For a seven hundred bottle, that's pretty shocking. That was pretty shocking to me. And um, yeah, but uh, so these big guys, you know, they're they're just dealing all they're paying on a bottle is excise and and the retailers, the distributors' fees. And uh, as Aussie distillers, you know, it costs us sometimes four or five dollars for the actual glass bottle, let alone to make the spirit. It's it's a completely different business, and and I see that's what the excise. Um, remission is is for it's to help us get through that to help us get the staff to to become stable and uh and and do a cellar door because you know that's what people love to visit when they're traveling i'll tell you something speaking of cellar doors what Mm. you just want to go through what you're doing or proposing oh Oh, my biggest risk biggest risk in my life yeah yeah well but first, Crafty, what were you going to say? What? Oh, um, I was just going to say, I've, I've actually got some exciting news, really exciting news. Yeah. So um, as of yesterday, 
What? We're giving a bigger shed. Is that what your news is? He's so painful. <laughs> he is so painful. Why do I why do I put up with him? He's, he's just look. Talk Todd, to the head. Never... <laughs> there's never a big enough shed. I'm on like my tenth shed. There's never yeah, a big yeah, exactly. Ever. 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 Yeah, we got shed envy, yeah, but it doesn't matter who they are. We got shed envy, right? We, yeah. we, we understand yeah. that. What's your news? What's your, what's your important news? Yeah, the important news is as of yesterday, the New South Wales Australian Distillers Association branch has been established, right? Oh, wow. Now, what, why is that? Mate. mate, it's massive. I'm on the committee, which is, I'm super proud of that. Um, for the last five years, we have tried to do this, right? And it came about because at the Australian Distillers Association Conference, myself, um, Vanessa from Manly Spirits, and a few other people were just chatting. And we were going, we, were, we weren't griping, but we were going, the Victorians are just absolutely nailing this. They're getting, um, mm. they're yes, getting, yeah. The whole conference was sponsored by the Victorian government, which sort of yeah, the new wow. one sponsor. <laughs> the Victorian government sponsored, chief sponsor of the of the Australian Distillers Association uh, conference, right? Uh, they're building they're building a facility, I don't know what size or anything, in the heart of Melbourne to showcase uh, Victorian spirits. So you can go in, you can drink, you can taste, you can buy, right? So anyway. Dan Andrews, oh, I don't know, it was about three months ago, did a Facebook post. I don't know if you saw it. And it was I like, did, I saw it. Yeah. It was so funny because what it was, it was, yeah, Australian spirits are here. Victoria's up here, right? So we, we took it as a, thanks, Dan. All mm. right. We're on sort of thing. And so as of yesterday, we formed an association. Down at the conference, Vanessa, myself, and a, a few others got together. Turns out there was 40 New South Wales distillers at the conference. We all got together and went, we're going to make this happen. We made it happen uh, with the ADA as a branch, which means you've got all the resources of the ADA, Australian Distillers Association. And, um, yeah, this has happened. And I said, personally, for me, I want a moonshot um, goal. And the goal is to be on the steps of the Opera House in 2024 during Vivid and we're showcasing New South Wales distillers. Mm, that sounds great, Crafty. Well done, mate. Yeah, it's, it's, me, mate. It's, it's a multiple... Uh, it's yeah. got many, many people involved in it, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's massive, massive news, you know. But I was funny. I was joking to, to my uh, Victorian mate distiller, and I said, "You know that Sydney's the gateway to Australian tourism, don't you?" And he goes, "Yeah, <laughs> go, mate. I'm sorry. We're, we're about to turn the tap off. The only way you're going to get anything is if you're at Sydney Airport in a clown outfit, waving a flag, Victorian distillers." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're such a bastard, Crafty. <laughs> we love our we love our Mexican friends in Victoria. They're better they're better than us. I have a lot of Victor I have a lot of Victorian distiller mates. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, Melbourne people are the best. Melbourne's such a nicer place to to oh, talk yeah. to people than Sydney. You know, we've we've all got our benefits, but uh, yeah, that that's a big achievement, mate. That's that's fantastic news.
It's an yeah. it's an it's a big achievement for New South Wales distillers, rural, mm. urban. Yeah, it's a big deal. So um, yeah, yeah. So watch this space. Um, I'm I'm really excited about it. Mm. So anyway, we have to throw Todd under the bus. Yeah, the well, yeah, the whole thing hasn't been enough of throwing me under the bus. No, but have you got have you got our little our little thing that you can put on the screen? No, I can't throw myself under the bus. We've already had I'm this. Sure you can. <laughs> I can't find the oh the little thing. Let me see if I can find it. There is a little thing there. We throw Todd under the bus. Oh, hang on, I'm trying to find it. Where is it? I'll give him a I'll give him a, a little No, that's oh, not... there he is. Well, now the no, buttons no. won't work. Shit. <laughs> I don't know. I can't work these things. It's just frozen on me. I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry about that. I don't even have those glasses. Oh, gee, gee, I'm glad that my mouse started working again. He looks, he looks like he's trying to crawl out of a toilet or something. What the hell is going on? I'll tell you I what. I mean, he lost, lost five people just there. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's it's uh, what date is it today? May the fourth. May, May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. And tonight I've been I've been looking at Todd, and he looks a little bit like the dark Sith. He's just got that look about him tonight. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I'll bring the more intelligent one on then. <laughs> oh yeah, that's better. That's much better. That's much better. So. May the fourth, may the fourth be with you. Is something which started as I don't know, a couple of shits and giggles between a couple of guys, and it's it's a worldwide phenomenon. Which mm. is right? It is now definitely Star Wars Day. So yeah, exactly. So my question, uh, Tom, yeah. my question to Lee to you is, how does Australia have their aha moment? On the world stage, in spirits. In spirits. Ooh. It's a difficult one. Yeah, it, it needs to be something uh, pure and concise, but also mass distribution. So um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just. I just thought about that on the spot, to be the way. Yeah. <laughs> Our aha moment in Australian spirits. Oh, we're punching on the world stage, right? And, yeah, if you we take are, Brabs, but... Sutherland's yeah. Cove won world's best whiskey in 2014 and never looked back. Yeah. Um, mm. Sarwood released Twofold, uh, which was a game changer on the scene. And... Um, Distilled spirits got involved with Starwood, Starwood and, and David's never looked back, you know, it, taking it to America, and it's incredible. Um, so there's moments, there's, there's moments in, in Australia, all right, modern, modern moments, right? Uh, and you go back to Bill Lark and, and what happened there as you know, a big moment. Yeah, and gin with four pillars. I mean, they're just incredible. Absolutely. Shiraz gin. Oof. Shiraz yeah. gin. Right? So there's all these moments. What's the next big thing? Because I think Australia is about to become the next powerhouse in the whiskey scene on the world stage. I think 
from a gin perspective, it, it is highly, highly respected in contemporary gin styles. Um, mm. And yeah, it is. I don't know. I mean, if, if if you're asking for my opinion, I would look at it. And, yep. and Australia, we, you know, I I have operations in a lot of countries in the world. You know, I've got a, a company, two warehouses in in the states. I know right. how the state spirit industry works. You know, I was I was a sponsor of the Tales of the Cocktail. You know, the very first one, the inaugural, and for the next eight or nine years, you know, all the big cocktail events. The U.S. is a very difficult market to work in, and if you're if you're victorious in some way, shape, or form in America, it doesn't really mean anything. It actually means you're getting fucked up the ass most of the time, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, because it, you know, like I was saying to Todd, this this little product that I make, which is the the blue flower extract, that sells yep. seventy five thousand cocktails every single night in the U.S. of A. Every night, wow. seventy-five thousand cocktails. I get about three. I get about three cents per cocktail. Yeah. But the companies who sell the cocktails, you know, TGIF, the thank God it's Fridays, the big sports bar chains, they they're getting like twelve, thirteen dollars a cocktail. So yeah, wow. you only make money wow. in America. You're only successful in America if you're making everyone else money. So yeah, you have yeah. to look at how, how do you gauge it. You know, um, the costs in Australia are, are horrendous. You know, our electricity bill, you know, I've got a warehouse in New York and in L.A. Our electricity bill here in Australia just keeps doubling. For the last four years, every fucking year it doubled. Yeah. In the U.S., it's gone up maybe 13% in the same time. You know, like, how do we compete? Because distilling uses a lot of power. Yeah, you can have solar, but... You know, sun doesn't shine all the time. No, exactly. <laughs> so, not there. It it's a very difficult thing. Where where do we where do we excel? Where do we win? What are we good at? I don't know. I mean, whiskey. Yeah, we we make fantastic whiskey. We make fantastic gins. But um, I I think you need to look at what is success. And success isn't always about the media. It's not about awards. I've never entered this into a single award you know that's just not what i do yep um but you know a third of the bottle sales that i do are in cases to consumers that's a 750 dollars sale to a person not to a shop not to you know this or that or the other yeah. um you know they buy five get one free what i don't know i don't know where spirits are going but um Working with the native botanicals is our strength. Working with uh, what's unique in whiskey, I think what Tasmania is doing, what what you guys are doing, um, other uh, re like regional whiskey distillers, because whiskey is is the spirit of choice for people who are you know connoisseurs of their spirits. <laughs> um, I think that's a, a great thing to pursue. But uh, <coughs> yeah, how do you, how do you measure the success? I think you just measure it in, are you happy? Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw it to Todd now, the same question. And throw Todd under the bus. Mm. Mm. Look, I, th I think it's there's a lot about what we've talked about in the past. It's, it's spirits on lips, and it's a bit of a 
we are starting to get traction, I believe. People are starting to try Australian spirits and are realizing that we make a good product. Mm. And it's sooner or later, you know, it's that old thing, critical mass is going to hit and then it's going to become, we're going to have people out there that are going, oh, where did all this turn up from? And, they, and they're going to be trying to follow the crowd, so to speak. But it's just, I think the biggest thing for us is, is that we just need to paddle our own canoe and, and, and do our own thing and not necessarily worry too much about what all the everyone else around us is doing, but just focus yeah. on our focus on what we do and try and do it as best as we can and then present yeah. our products as, as we've been doing, yeah. humanizing the art of whiskey, sharing yeah. sharing our passion for our product and um, yeah, trying to help everyone else around us. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, and like I said, you know, are you happy? You know, are, are you happy with what you're doing? You know, like, do you need 600 awards to hang off your bottle? Or are you happy with what you're doing? You know, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. I grow every little ball in there. You know, I pick them. Most of them I pick myself. You know, it takes us nine months. We turn it yep. into a gin. Yeah, we don't do huge amounts. You, you know, we might do 20,000 bottles a year, but I'm happy with that. You know, I look yeah. after my team. My two brothers work for me. I look after their families. Do I want to sell 200,000 bottles a year? No, I don't. And I never will. I don't think I ever will, and I don't plan to. I don't want to. You know, and, and, and that's one of the things with all the headaches of a bigger, a bigger um, business like that. You know? Yeah. It's, it's pretty hard because selling. If you want to go into the, the proper distribution, you know, like I've worked with the big guys in America, you know, in, in our, because, you know, I, I do cocktails, I garnishes, you know, so we work in the cocktail. I did, when President Obama was inaugurated, you know, the, the, the cocktail that was selected for all his uh, uh, parties all over the US was called the inaugural cheer and that featured my product, hibiscus flowers and syrup. So we, 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 we had to deliver like 30,000 cocktails over a two-week period to these inauguration ceremonies all over the country. Wow. Did any business come from that? You know, when Oprah Winfrey landed in Australia for her two-week tour of Australia, she landed on Whitehaven Beach, stepped out of a, out of a helicopter. There was Oprah Winfrey served with my hibiscus flowers in syrup in a, in a cocktail made by Hayden Wood. You know, like, wow. didn't make any business whatsoever. But am I happy? Yeah, I love it. I love doing that stuff. You know, it makes me satisfied. I don't tell people about it. Yeah. You know, you won't see it on my social media yeah. or you won't hear anything about it in Australia. But I love that stuff and, and I'm happy. You know, if, if you want to go into big distribution in America, you are going to, you, you're competing with what I talked about before with that distributor who told me. You know, I can bring a two a seven hundred mil bottle in for two dollars. Yeah. So they're probably bringing in a bottle of whiskey for eight dollars. Do you want to compete with that? Do you want to win, or do you want to be happy? You know, I, you I know, think I, I I listened to a podcast a while ago. I don't know whether yeah. it was Bill Lark or one of the old guys in whiskey. Yeah, no, it was. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it was Bill. What, it was what Bill would Lark. you do again? What would yep. you do again? And yep. what did he say, Crafty? He said. You know, I'd be happy with just a really small little distillery, have my cellar door, people buy my stuff. I'm happy with that. That's all I want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I found fascinating. Enjoy it. 
fascinating. The godfather of our industry saying yeah. he wanted to go back to when it was really, really small and he was just making product and selling product and people enjoy it. I'll, um, and I'll give you no a, one else involved. <laughs> no one else involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll give you a little wee story to wrap it up because we're at, we're at almost at the hour and a half mark. And to yeah. me, yeah, this sort of it's a to me it's a personal experience that just sort of reminded me of things. Right. So I was doing the markets mm. a couple of weeks ago. This eighteen-year-old kid walks up. Right. I know he's eighteen because I checked his is <laughs> right anyway and i always like to know people's stories and i and i actually say that at cellar door and market so what's your story are you traveling through uh, you know when when you ask people they tell a story when you tell when they tell their story you connect and it leads to some amazing things side story side story today i had a great couple come through cellar door turns out one of their mates who's an Australian, has opened up a little wee distillery in Japan in a ski resort. Tonight, I got a text from him saying, because I told him about shooting the shit, and he goes, mate, here's his details. He'll love to do it. And I, and I went, yeah, and that's cool. That's cool, right? Yeah, that's that, cool. It'll be a cool little story, and, and it'll be our first Japanese distillery, so that's awesome as well. Anyway, going back to my main story. So this kid's in front of me, right? Oh, you're making whiskey. I've just started drinking whiskey with my dad. Oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. You enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm loving it. What are you drinking? Oh, Johnny Walker. Um, yeah, that's all he could think about. I went, yeah, cool. So I, gave him, <laughs> I gave him a sample of my first one, and he goes, doof, wax it back, right? I go, yeah, cool, okay. And he goes, what's that one? I told him another one, and he goes, can I try that? I went, yep. I gave him another one, doof. Knocked it straight back. And then I said to him, mate, can I, can I just say something to you? And I said, this is no way, no way having a go at you, right? What I'm doing is I'm imparting an experience I personally had when I first started mm. drinking whiskey. And someone told me how to drink whiskey, to appreciate whiskey for what it is, right? Um, mm. So necessarily shotting, but actually really starting to enjoy whiskey. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 no, I'd love it, I'd love it. So I said, okay. I poured him one. I said, now, take that, right? And I said, just take a wee sip. And he took a wee sip. And I said, right, now, forget about that. Because all you've done is recalibrated your, your uh, palate, right? Mm. You, you primed your mouth for what's coming next. He goes, okay, okay. And then I said, okay, now, don't now take, take, a, take a smell, right? Take a, take a whiff. And I said, but don't bring it up to your nose and go like that, right? Because you'll just blow your, your your nasal cavity out, and that's it yes. all over. I said, "Yeah, right out here, waft it around, come in slowly, bring it around different angles, and nose it, and and just see if you can pick up aromas. You don't even have mm. to identify what the aromas are, but just aromas." And he got all excited. He goes, "Oh, yeah, oh, I can, oh, I can smell stuff." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah." I go, "Now do it again, but this time open your mouth, right?" Did it open his mouth and he went, Oh wow, that's so different. That and I went, Yeah, now you're starting to experience the things that go on with, with appreciating spirit, right? And again, mm. I'm not telling you, I'm just imparting what, what was imparted to me. And I and it put me on my journey, maybe it'll put you on your journey, right? Then I told him, Yeah, you know, we sip, 
hold it in your mouth, right? Feel it, feel it. Where's, where is it in your mouth, right? Swallow it, take another sip. And he, he, at the end of it, he was so excited, so excited, right? He said, oh, this is so good. I want to go back and tell my dad and I want to come back yeah. and I want to buy a bottle of your whiskey. <laughs> that, that is, honestly, yeah. to me, that, that just reminds me about why we do why we do. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And and crafty, I I see that it's like a. I don't, I don't know if you remember like being a kid and having a you know one of those lollipops and the the, the intensity of the synthetic flavors and the sugars and the flavor enhancers, it just overwhelms you as you're a kid and you're just crazy about it. But yeah. I see whiskey is like, it's like the adult, if you've got a good palate, it's like the adult's lollipop. You know, you can tease yourself <laughs> with it. You can, I've never heard and, that. And, and for me, a, a good whiskey, you know, it, it, you te- it's all about the tease. It's about the chase. It's before you even taste it. It's like, what yeah. the hell is it? You know, and you, you, pull, you pull it in and you pull it out and you waft it and you, you, pr- you take it in, like you said, and then breathe it out your nose and... It, that's all before you even tasted it, but there's so there's so many plays on that one substance in the glass, you know, the yeah. whiskey. It, it 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 fascinates me, and and yeah, I've got so much appreciation for for what you guys do. Oh, thanks, um, mate. Yeah, but yeah, it, it it's like an adult's lollipop, you know. It's but it's <laughs> so <that>. much <laughs> so much more complex as you would expect as an adult you know you can have it so many different ways and yeah i just love the chase (laughs) before Uh, that mate that 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 is awesome um so we better wrap it up we're at we're at an hour and a half todd so yeah yeah hour and a half yeah so lee thank you very much for tonight it's been it's been absolute pleasure having you on board and um thank you it's been great uh yeah Happy to do whatever I can. And, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to ask any questions, just send an email. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to next year's uh, epic, wherever it is. It'll be good. But there'll be something well before that too. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few things happen. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Just one thing quickly. We do have a range of new sponsors, which we're going to roll out shortly. Um, but we don't have them just yet because we yeah, don't have the signage. So don't ask for them. So, that, oh well, um, we can at least mention we, we can at least mention the legendary Ben from you know Mister Ben Osborne. Ben Osborne. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. Ben is a sponsor under um, <laughs> uh, under the Australian Gin Appreciation Society. That is a yeah. major sponsor. Uh, Voyager Craft Malt is a, another sponsor. Um, Voyager, that's where we, we get all our, our malted barley from. Great partners of choice. Uh, yeah. Save a glass. Save a glass are coming back on, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, well, about, can you remember off the top of your head? I can't remember off the top of young, my head. Young Cooperage, Wyan Oak, Young East Back for sure, which is awesome. And you a know, number you of. Could approach, um, just not to be rude, but you know, integral energy as distillers, we spend so much energy, so much money. <laughs> Uh, on power, you know, you should approach those fuckers and say, "Hey, you know, like our our electricity yeah. bill was seven thousand dollars last quarter. Can you, you know, send us a bit of cash?" 
I actually, I, I got another one. Um, and uh, uh, proud sponsors, the Australian Taxation Office. Thank you very much for your contribution. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. We do love them. And you know what? The one good thing I will say about the ATO when it comes to spirits, as opposed to the other dealings of the ATO, the spirits team there is actually pretty good. They are. They're pretty good people. Very helpful. Very, very helpful. Uh, Always. Yeah. No, I agree, mate. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, We're out of here. All right. See you guys. Enjoy. Around, I'm going to go and pick some finger lines tomorrow. All, right, all good. Thank you for your time again. So, no worries. Cheers. Thanks, Lee. So we, we're, we're, still right. we're still running. Um, so next next week, fortnight, or not next fortnight, next week, we're going next to have... Next week, big one. Big one. Big one. Okay, so for those that don't know, David or Dave from Austra Distillers is a substantial distillery on the Australian landscape. And I mean substantial. But Dave is a sleeping giant. And um, those in the industry know Ostra. Um, I know Ostra and I have some projects with Ostra uh, in the future. Um, It's going to be exciting, uh, absolutely exciting episode. Uh, To give you some context, there's a big announcement next week with Ostra and Dave and I were talking and on the phone and I pulled over on the side of the road. He goes, I'm going to tell you something, but I shouldn't tell you, but I'm going to tell you. And I went, yeah, yeah, cool. So I pulled over the side of the road because I thought it was pretty serious. And basically I went from what he was saying. I went from, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, fuck. So, Yes, so, you all want to. So now we have to wait to next next episode for that little cliffhanger. <laughs> and then on that oh, note, guys, you. thank you. Um, look thank forward to seeing you next week. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. See you around.